this teaching today to really bless you and strengthen you and establish you in his word. And to Jesus be the glory and the honor and thank you for being with me, my wonderful family and partners. And today we're going to talk about something very important. Why are people not saved? Why is it that so many refuse the message of salvation? What is it? Well, there are two reasons. One, either they've not heard the gospel or or unwilling to accept the conditions of repentance. So if you know someone who is not born again, two reasons. One, they really have not heard the message of the gospel clearly. Or two, they have refused the conditions that the Bible gives us about repentance because the Bible is very, very clear. Well, the Lord preached repentance. He came and said, repent. Uh, the Bible says that God commands all men to repent in Acts 17, 30. Uh, so some already have made the decision, we will not have this man reign over us. Like the Pharisees had said many years ago, we will not have this man rule over us. And how do we really pray for someone like that? How do we really pray for someone who's not saved? All right. So, Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray that you'll give us insight and clarity in Jesus' precious name. And God's people said, Amen. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's look at some very important scriptures. Matthew 12, verse 30. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathers not with me scattereth abroad. So <clears throat> people refuse the Lord, they refuse the gospel because they want to be free from the lordship of Jesus. That's why really they refuse the gospel. They don't want to submit to the Lord. So he says in Matthew 12, 30, he that is not with me is against me. They, they don't want to submit to the lordship of the Lord. He that gathers not with me is scattering abroad because they don't want the holy obligations that come with the gospel. They don't want to live a holy life, basically. They love darkness more than they love light. And the Lord said, come unto me and I will give you rest. Uh, take my yoke. Well, what is the yoke? His lordship. We have to obey. We have to submit to his lordship. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's not something you cannot do. The commandments of the Lord are not difficult, the Bible says. So it comes down to really one thing. <clears throat> the Bible says no man can serve two masters. So uh, every person has to serve one. Our choice really determines our eternity, and there's no middle ground whatsoever. Or people are serving the Lord Jesus, or they are serving the devil. There is no middle ground, and people need to realize that. So when you say yes to Jesus, and like I'm going to say it again, there is no middle, middle ground, or people are serving the Lord, submitting, have submitted to his lordship. So it's clear in the word. 
those of us that have made the decision to submit to the Lord Jesus, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, is what Joshua said, and the same I say, and the same many of you say. That's why you are, you are, you are watching me. We have made a decision, and we will not turn back from it. Jesus is our Savior forever. He is our Lord forever. He is our King forever. He is our all in all forever. To whom shall we go, Lord? You have the words of life. Life without him has no meaning, no meaning whatsoever. The commitment to the Lord, when when we say yes, we have to understand that uh, it's 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 like a marriage, it's like a marriage. It must be reaffirmed. It must be uh, implemented, indeed, in life uh, from the starting point. We have to reaffirm our commitment to the Lord and follow it. We must continue to choose between the lordship of the Lord Jesus or the dominion of sin and Satan. It's an ongoing commitment. As for me and my house, we will and continually will serve the Lord. There is no turning back. I made up my mind. I'm sure you have too. There is no turning back. To whom shall we go, Lord? You have the words of life. Now, I want you to go with me to James 4, James 4, because we're going to deal with some very important things today um, that I think is so important. <clears throat> because James 4, uh, James 4 and verse 4 really asks a question. He says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not, know ye not, that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? So in other words, we, we cannot negotiate a special arrangement here with the Lord. We can't say, well, Lord, yeah, I, I, I want you as my Savior, but I want to be friends with the world. Because that's not true submission to the Lord. So when we say you are my Lord, We're saying no to the world, no to the things of the world. And so James asked, he said, don't you know the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whoever is a friend of the world is the enemy of God. That's what it says in James 4.4. So we have to realize God is jealous. So the Lord uh, uh, said to us, In Luke, Luke chapter 6, let's go to it quickly. And verse 46, he said something very important to all of us. He said, why call you me, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Now, I'm sure I'm talking to someone today who still loves the world and wants to be a part of it. Well, um, you you can't have both. You cannot serve two masters. That's impossible. And I'm here to strengthen you as a believer. I'm here to tell you what the Bible says. That's my job. 
The Bible says in 1 John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of, of the Father is not in him. Wow. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. This is it. So one cannot be a part of God's people. You and I cannot be a part of God's people if we give our allegiance to the world and the flesh and the devil. There's just no way. There is no way. It's one or the other. Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. You know what? I think somebody really needs this message. Maybe that's why the Lord led me to, to bring it to you. Paul said, you, you cannot drink. I'm, I'm reading 1 Corinthians 10, 21, 22. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Wow, that's strong. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? You know, Israel, uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, he talks about how, how Israel lived. They all followed Moses. They were baptized in the cloud of the sea. They ate the same spiritual meat and so on. But God was not pleased with them, and, and many of them were overthrown in the desert. And so it says these things are our examples. Don't be an idolater. Don't lust after evil things like they did and so forth. Do not commit fornication. And Paul says like they did uh, and so forth. Don't tempt Christ like some of them did and were destroyed. Don't, don't murmur because they did and were destroyed. So all these things are, are examples. And they're written for our admonition. He says in chapter 10, verse 11. Wherefore, let him... Think, uh, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So we, every single day, we make these decisions. Our commitment daily has got to be reaffirmed to the Lord. Every single day we live, we say no to the world and yes to Jesus. Every single day. And that is the key to a victorious Christian life. That's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, but I keep under my body... I bring it into subjection. Keep it. Not kept it. Keep it. Meaning every day I do it. I keep under my body. I bring it under subjection. That's daily then. It's daily. Otherwise, he would have said, I kept it and brought it. No, no. I keep it and I bring it, lest by any means, when I preach to others, I myself should be, should be a castaway. Look, look, precious saints, we've all made our mistakes. But we go right back to the cross. We go right back and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'll not do it again. We've all done that. And we make that, uh, uh, because see, look, look, we are fighting a powerful enemy named sin. A powerful enemy. Powerful. The, the flesh, we live with that every, every single day. And every single day we have to keep under our body. Bring that flesh under subjection. Because otherwise we will fall. Every day I make that decision myself. I want to live for the Lord today again. I can't go on what, what happened to me yesterday. 
No leftovers. There's, there are no leftovers in the kingdom of God. I've said that many, many times. No leftover power. No, no, no. It's daily, daily bread, daily power, daily grace. We need it every day. And a daily decision we make. So uh, James 1.15 warns us. This is, this is a very important uh, thing he says here in verse 15. He says that once lust has conceived, it will bring forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, will bring forth death. That's a warning for each one of us. And he's talking to us because it says, don't, do not err, do not make a mistake, my beloved brethren. He's telling us, look, look, don't let sin conceive. Don't let sin, you know, don't keep doing it. Don't entertain it. Don't, don't, don't live it. You know, otherwise, there'll be, there'll, be, there'll be death. And we cannot submit to the dominion of Jesus and the dominion of sin at the same time. It, that, that's really impossible. We, can, we cannot live in, 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 the, in the spirit and the flesh at the same time. It's just not going to work. So Paul says something really powerful. In Romans, let's go to Romans here. Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. He says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law but under grace. Now, uh, some say that this statement of Paul implies that, it, that it's impossible uh, uh, for sin to become the master of one who's under grace. But that's not what he means. Because he says, well, sin will not have dominion over you because you're not under the law under grace. And some say, well, I'm under grace so I cannot sin. Look, look, anyone who says that has ignored the nature of saving faith. Has ignored the nature of saving faith because we have to continue in it. Saving faith is something you continue in. You continue in grace. You continue in saving faith. And in that same chapter, in, in uh, Romans 6, 11, it says, Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be deed, uh, sorry, dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not, uh-huh, you have the decision now, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it on the last thereof. So this is very, very clear that he is saying you, you have the choice. You have the choice. And then something else too, because in, in, in verse uh, 16, he says, Know ye not to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin to, unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So it's quite clear, you make that decision. And just because... You know, verse 14 says, well, sin will not, will, will not have dominion over you because you're under grace. And some say, well, you know, I, I'm under grace. I cannot fall into sin. Yes, you can. Otherwise, you will not say, no, no, don't you know, in verse 16, know you not to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. I want to help you understand. It's a daily decision we make to live for the Lord. And somebody needs this. Someone who's listening needs this. It's a decision we make to live holy. 
And the reason people today are not saved, they've refused the Lordship of Jesus. So like I said earlier, or they have not heard the gospel clearly, or they just have refused the Lordship of Jesus. That's all there is to it. Now, the saints in Rome had been clearly told, well, let me just read a little more, okay? Um, they had previously obeyed the gospel because it says in verse 17 and 18, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but you've obeyed from the heart that formed do of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. That is true. Yet their decision had to be reaffirmed because it says in verse 19, this is the key here. We have, even so we made the decision for the Lord, we have to reaffirm it, okay? I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now, even so now, yield your members, servants of righteousness unto holiness. How amazing. In verse 17 and 18, he says, okay, you already obeyed from the heart the doctrine delivered to you. You were made free from sin. You became servants of righteousness. But make sure to understand there's a weakness in your flesh. Verse 19, there is a weakness in your flesh because now the, the flesh may want to go back. So now yield your members again. It's an ongoing commitment is what he's saying. Yield again. When you read Romans 6, it's very, very clear. He's talking to the believer and says, look, it's possible to fall. So don't let sin reign in your body because it can. So now yield your member servants to righteousness. All right. And, and don't forget, he's talking to believers because he says to believers in verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the warning here was not given to outsiders. The warning is given to believers Throughout this whole chapter, he's talking to the church. Quite simple. And it, 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 it goes along, it goes along with Hebrews 5. Because Hebrews 5, 9 says, Jesus is the Savior of those who obey him continually. Who obey him continually. So let's go Hebrews 5, 9. It's the reason I'm talking to you is because it's about daily commitment, daily following the Lord, daily living the Christian life, daily yielding our members to Him, our bodies and life to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hebrews 5, 9, and being made perfect, He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey. That obey. We all struggle with the flesh. I do, you do, we all do. But every single day we have to say no to it. Every single day. And you know, God is gracious, God is merciful. Sometimes 
We have bumps, sometimes we have turbulence, sometimes we slip, you know, and then God picks us up again. If it wasn't for the Lord, we would, we would all be gone, okay? So David said, when my foot slipped, your mercy held me up. Aha, uh-huh, I love that. When my foot slipped, Lord, your mercy held me up. We've all had that happen to us, every one of us. All have sinned, you know? If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. His mercy holds us up because our hearts say, no, Lord, I don't want to lose you. No, Lord, I don't want to lose you. I don't want to live without you. We hate the flesh. We slip here and there. But, we could, but like Peter, Lord, help me, save me. He, be, he began drowning, remember, singing in the Sea of Galilee. We've all had those moments. But, but the thing is, the condition of the heart, we want Jesus to be the Lord of our life. We want to submit to his lordship. And that's why we're commanded all the time. That's why Paul wrote Romans 6 and wrote about the wretchedness of the flesh, a wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from this body. Okay? And John says in 1 John 2, 4, he, that's, he that says I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar. The truth is not in him. Whosoever keeps his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. So, We have to abide, isn't it? He that saith he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. So it's really quite important that, that, that our hearts remain in the right place. We have to continue to abide. We have to continue to abide. And abiding is a heart matter. It's a heart matter. Romans, you know the difference between David and Saul, okay? David sinned with Bathsheba. His heart was right to say, Lord, have mercy on me. Saul sinned by rejecting the word of the Lord. But he never said, Lord, I'm sorry. He said, Samuel, I'm sorry. He, look, the difference between David and Saul, David asked the Lord to forgive him, and Saul asked Samuel to forgive him. David said, Lord, you forgive me. But Saul said, Samuel, you forgive me. One turned to God and one turned to man. That's the difference. Both men, look, both men repented. (laughs) The problem is, David said, Lord, I repent to you. Forgive me, Lord. Saul said, I repent to you, Samuel. You forgive me, Samuel. Lord, have mercy on me, said David. That's the difference. And that's why Saul didn't make it. Because Saul never cried out to God to forgive him. He cried out to man to forgive him. And that's why he failed. It's about the heart. David's heart was for the Lord. A man after God's own heart. God loves a broken spirit, a broken heart. He'll not despise. He'll not despise. We've all been there. The the reason I'm still here, because I, I have gone to God. I said, Lord, please. I don't want to live without you, dear Jesus, please. I've had my ups and downs like you have. No matter what anointing. I've experienced the, the anointing more on my life than I don't know. It's just been a, a, an amazing life that I've lived. But I've struggled too, like anyone else. I've always thrown myself on the mercy of Jesus. And I found him there. I found him there to lift me back up again and make me stronger. It's not the way you fall. It's the way you get up that matters. 
It's not the way you fall that matters. It's the way you get up that matters with God. By saying, I'm sorry, Lord. I won't do it again. I, I, I throw myself on your mercy. That's what David did. That's what David did. A broken heart, God will not despise. God will not despise. And yes, we all will finish stronger than we started because God will give us that strength within as we walk with him. Abide in him. Don't look to the world. Don't look to man either. Only to Jesus. Only to Jesus. So we must continue to abide and mortify the deeds of the body through the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit to help us put the deeds of the body to death. Therefore, Romans 8, 12, brethren, we're not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh, but if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you, through the Spirit, to mortify the deeds of the body, you live. How beautiful. As many as, as are led by, this, by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his throne without blame. To him be all the glory and honor. He is only able to keep us from falling. How? We abide in him. The key is abiding in Jesus. Ah, David feared I'm going to go a little extra today, if you don't mind, just a few moments. In Psalm 19, verse 12, David feared one thing. He said, and let me read this to you in verse 12, who can understand his errors? Psalm 19, 12. Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. The great transgression is apostasy. Apostasy. What did, he, what, what did David fear most? Apostasy. Apostasy is not some isolated act of rebellion. It's deliberate sinning. It's deliberate sinning. In Hebrews... Chapter 10, you know, when, when I was young, this verse used to scare me. But now I see clearly it's continuous. Because it says in Hebrews 10, 26, it says, But if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. That used to scare me when, you know, when you know, I was young. And then I understood apostasy is not some isolated act of rebellion. It's habitual deliberate sinning, willfully, knowingly, willfully, knowingly. If we sin willfully, it says after we will receive the knowledge of the truth. So in David's case, he knew what he was doing when he looked at Bathsheba. That was willful. It just was not continual. It was not continual. He did not he didn't stay in that deliberate, rebellious state. He knew the second Nathan came, he went to God and said, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. And he repented. A broken heart, Lord, you'll not despise. You see? 
That's the difference. And that uh, uh, apostasy, just qu- you know, quickly before I say bye, apostasy is like is that slow drifting away from the Lord into sin and becoming more and more comfortable with sin. So uh, the, 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 the key here is do not, do not surrender. Don't give up the good, uh, the good fight of faith. Never give up the good fight of faith because it says very clearly, Take heed. Take heed. I want to just finish with Hebrews chapter 3. I'm talking to somebody. I'm sure I am. Hebrews 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. And then verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Exhort one another daily. That's why I'm doing this today. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. How to finish strong. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for your word. I have given them your word, Lord. I've done my job. Now I pray you'll bless them. Holy Spirit, let your power be there as your presence be always with them. Yes, Lord, be there for us and with us every day. For you are our comforter and our strength and helper in time of need. Lord, I pray that your people and the one watching me will, will finish stronger than they began in the name of Jesus. Strength for the day is mine always. And all that I need for tomorrow. Hallelujah. And God's people said, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just stay with me. Strength for today is mine always and all I need for tomorrow. Would you say those words? Strength is mine today and always and all I need for tomorrow. There was an old song we used to sing. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine always and all that I need for tomorrow. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Amen. Okay, thank you for being with me today. I hope this has been a blessing to you. And now it's time to give to the Lord's work. Look, look, it's important to give because we love him and we love his word. and We love his gospel. And if I'm blessing you spiritually, the Bible says it is our duty to give to the Lord's work, then, isn't it? So I'm going to ask you to go ahead and sow your seed. Let, let God speak to you about the amount. And you give with a grateful heart. You give with a thankful heart. And a faithful man will abound, will overflow with blessings, the Bible says. So as you give, 
You're honoring the Lord with your substance. That's what you're doing. And God will reward you again and again and again. All right. You can go ahead and sow your seed for the ministry, Benihin Ministries, right there on the platform you watch me on where it says donate. Or you can go to our website, benihin.org. Or you can simply text BHM45777. Thank you for being with me. And please share this teaching. This is so important. Okay, much love to you all. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades, making the move from analog television to digital broadcasts, HDTV, the internet, streaming live events, and social media. Today's fast-changing, bold new world brings an entirely new set of challenges. What we did in 1974 when this ministry began, or in 2000, or even 2022, will not be effective in 2023. And who knows what 2024 and beyond will bring. Benny Hens Ministry has been at the forefront of each innovation that provides a better way of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world more effectively and efficiently. Today, more than ever before, we stand on the edge of a bold new world. From the beginning, the Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. This is a new hour. This is the Joshua generation. Now I want to tell you something. The first thing God said to Moses is go down. The first thing he said to Joshua is arise. We're not a people who are going down. We're ones who are rising up. Even with controlled temperature storage facilities, time has been the enemy. Tape warping, decay, housing detachments, cracks, shredding, and breakdowns happen. Older tapes break, disintegrate, and require surgical type methods of restoration. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. To God be the glory. A conservative estimate to finish this digitation process is a million dollars to restore the final 30% of these disintegrating tapes and move everything over to a much more permanent digital format. The project, already started, can be completed fairly quickly. Imagine, if you will, what could happen if all of our digitized material could be used to translate everything into every language on Earth. It is possible. Even better, how exciting would it be to translate these materials using the same voice as originally spoken, yet in all of the different dialects around the world? Pastor Benny speaks several languages, but imagine if his teachings became available online with him speaking in Swahili, Mandarin, Portuguese, Belarusian, or Cherokee. This amazing AI tool will be useful around the world. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come until the Lord returns. And with artificial intelligence tools that can translate all of the digitized materials into languages around the world, we can truly fulfill our Lord's great commission. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. It's time to finish the job. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all. Isn't it wonderful what the Lord has done? And to Jesus be all the glory.
I wanted to show you this beautiful report about the digitizing of thousands and thousands of hours already of the great meetings from the past. Because we want to keep them for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. We would have lost a lot of these tapes had we not started working on them. I want to say thank you for helping us, but we are still not finished. We have 4,000 hours still to complete. We've completed 10,000 hours already, 10,000 hours, and you saw the difference with the before and after. We were actually losing the tapes, and now here they've come back to life because of your help, and I want to say thank you with all my heart for helping us. But the job is not done yet. We have got to finish the job now, 4,000 hours, and then we're going to start the translations. What you heard today was the voice of a robot <laughs> talking. It wasn't a lady. It was actually a robot talking to you. And isn't that amazing that this can be done? But now we can do it in every language on earth. I wanted you to get a little taste of the voice of a person, but it wasn't really a person. A lady just kind of talked, and then they copied her voice. And what I'm going to do now is I they're going to have me tape my voice in English, and they're going to translate everything you that, that, that you'll see in the future in every language on the globe. Every language. Think about the impact it's going to have worldwide when we show the great crusades, the great meetings, OCC days, the great conferences, and so much more, not only in English, but in every language on the globe. So let's finish the job first with the 4,000 hours left to be digitized. And please, please, please help me now because we don't want to lose those tapes. The longer we wait, then they, they, they will, you know, they will, won't even be able to work with them. But you saw what has happened. You saw the difference. You saw the bad, you know, pictures from the past and how new now, how they came back alive so beautifully because of the new equipment and the way they do it now. So we need your help still. So thank you, thank you. I just wanted to show you that your money is doing the job. What you gave in the past is really making it happen. But let's keep doing it for the Lord, please. This is for his glory. I talk to young people all the time who have seen things from the past and their life has been changed. I was in a place not long ago, in a restaurant, in fact, and we were showing this waitress what God did in Venezuela because she's from Venezuela and she was just glued we showed it you know, on the phone, and now you can show all this on you know, people's phone and iPad and laptops and all that. But it's wonderful what God is doing worldwide. And let's keep doing it for the Lord and His glory, because now it can go to every nation on earth, in every language on earth, because of your help. I want to pray with you that God will bless you for this as you obey Him. Blessed Jesus, thank you. Lord, I pray you'll bless your people multiply them on every side and bless them financially, Lord, as they bless your work. So your word will go to every nation on earth, Lord. I give you the praise for touching our young people and our grandchildren, children and grandchildren, Lord, and great-grandchildren. We give you all the praise. And God's people said, Amen. Let's do it for them. Let's do it for our children. Let's do it for our grandchildren. 
great-grandchildren, so they will see the power of God. They will not be lost. All right. You can give right now on the platform. You're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777. So thank you for loving. Thank you for giving. And let's keep glorifying our wonderful Savior. Much love to you. Thanks again.